0: So hi Dylan, it's great to great to see you on the call today. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I'd love to first uh, maybe introduce uh, yourself as the co-founder of WeDo and uh, obviously open up the stage for you to introduce WeDo itself. Um, as some of the users and some of the listeners might not know it yet.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So. We Do is a media platform um, that I co-founded with my former teammate, Lance Armstrong. And, um, you know, it really started out uh, as just one podcast uh, with Lance interviewing guests and people that he knew um, called The Forward. And it was, you know, you know really a show about um, perseverance and moving forward and and people sharing stories like that. And we eventually started evolving um we do uh and we do is a is it's a concept and a mentality uh and we joke that it's the answer to the question of who wants to ride 100 miles today or who wants to run you know a marathon today and it's really um influenced out of our backgrounds um from being professional cyclists um and now that we're more you know, really just recreational athletes, we still love, you know, getting out and riding our bikes or going on long hikes or or doing, you know, doing hard things. And um, so we started adding more shows to the platform um, with the idea being that the stories and the shows themselves were really, you know, the glue um, that brought this community of people that really had the same mentality together, right? And um, over the course of um, WeDo's lifetime, we've started to introduce um, advertising, um, which are really focused on products and partners um, of companies that we kind of identify with. So obviously, a lot of things related to the cycling industry or a lot of things related to the the endurance sports um, category. Um, And then we started saying, well, you know, what else can we do for our members? And we introduced a membership component. So if you become a WeDo member, you get access to certain premium content. We have like monthly happy hours and things like that. Um, And we even started doing some curated travel, um, you know, around cycling and around cycling events. So we're starting to kind of expand, you know, the platform um, and really the ways that we bring people together. And so now we're kind of getting ready to go into our next step of evolution and thinking about how do we grow we do. And so that's really what we do is about and what and you know how how it started and and what we're planning next.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for for the introduction. And it sounds like a very niche, very intimate product for people who really know and enjoy the the particular field um so that's that's uh that's fantastic i know that the the subject that we wanted to discuss today is sort of related to we do and to your growth and, and scale there so the i think the the way that we phrase that and the question of the day is how do we platformize the product to enable the horizontal growth and i'd love to hear your thoughts on on that
1: yeah so you know, so we started. We've always had this ambition around. We do being more than just you know cycling, which is obviously our expertise. Um, and we think that the concept of We Do is something that would appeal to you know a diverse um, community that has multiple interests. And so we started to think about, okay, well, how do we take what we've done and grow it horizontally? To essentially create this platform concept. Um, and so, you know, obvious, I think the most obvious things that we could think about are like, well, okay, what are other types of cycling, whether it's mountain biking or gravel bikes, which are really, be, you know, really popular these days. Um, and even into other things like, um, you know, obviously triathlons. And then you start to think about running and you start to think about swimming and, and other sports that are very related. Um, But then we took a step back and said, okay, well, if we want to grow WeDo as a platform with the overall ethos of what WeDo is about in mind, how do we do it? And so we started to think about, okay, well, now all of a sudden, we think that WeDo could be a platform, you know, well, let me take a step back. So currently, WeDo is really a place for brands to connect to fans, and the stories that we tell are essentially the glue that brings these two constituents together. Right. And so that's what we have today. So our plan to create it as a platform is that now we all of a sudden think about um, essentially a third customer or, you know, leg of the stool, so to speak, which are other creators. So if you think of the people that we currently have telling the stories and telling and, and producing the shows as creators, well, then we start to think about, well, now we do as a platform could be a place that brings together creators, brands and fans. So those are essentially our three customers. So then, um, you know, the the idea is that WeDo could be a viable platform for creators who want to reach, you know, a very kind of specific fan. Mm-hmm. And it's also appealing to brands who are looking to, you know, have a connection to a very highly curated group of fans. And so now you start to see how, If you add more creators to the platform, it creates more space for brands and fans to come together. And that's essentially the first piece of the architecture when you think about WeDo as a platform. So with that kind of general architecture, the next thing that we started to think about is like, okay, well, how do we take our existing capabilities and what do we need to do to support this new ecosystem or this new architecture of brands, fans, and creators. And so obviously there's some very basic things that you have to think about, like A, how do we increase our ability, our production capability, right? Because essentially what we're doing right now is we're producing a lot of content, right? And we're producing the content in a way that brings together brands and fans And now we want to think about how do we produce content that we enable creators to also play a role in that in that um in 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 the way that these things come together so we started to think about okay well how do we increase our production capabilities now what's really interesting about content and i think this has been a question or a topic for decades especially as the tech industry really started to grow there was always this question of are you a tech company or are you a content company Hmm. and the reason that that question was important to think about was because traditional content businesses have essentially scaled relative to you know the the operational overhead of creating content scaled linearly to revenue but if you were a tech company you basically were saying we can scale our revenue in a nonlinear relationship to essentially the cost of running the business. Mm -hmm. But what we want to try to do is still maintain, you know, the operational efficiency by increasing production capability at a nonlinear rate to revenue. So in other words, Mm -hmm. as we add more creators, we don't want to have to then also, you know, hire an additional production team. So the question is, how do we get more out of our existing team? So, um, the, uh, so the thing that's happening right now, that's really gonna enable what we're trying to do um, is the introduction of a lot of very efficient uh, production tools, especially powered by artificial intelligence. So for example, with the existing team that we have leveraging these new technologies, we have the ability to produce shows in multiple languages without with very little overhead right so that's our ability to grow without adding a whole bunch of operational expenses on top so that's that's one of the things that we're going to do um and then the other thing that we had to think about was well how do you know since we're going to be bringing on more brands um in addition to bringing on more creators we're also going to have to provide more analytics. So we're starting to invest in our ability to deliver analytical tools to the advertisers so that they know exactly how, you know, their investment is performing on the platform. Um, and there's a lot of tools that, you know, are available off the shelf, so to speak. And some of those things we'll build ourselves. Um, but ultimately we need to create an analytics dashboard for both, um, not just the creators, right, to understand how their content is performing, but then also for the brands Mm -hmm. so they understand how their investment is performing on the platform. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, how do we increase our production capabilities? How do we increase our analytic um, capabilities? And then ultimately, I think the third piece that we really think about a lot is how do we talk about what we do is to each different constituency, right, or each different customer. So, for example, you know, we have a whole narrative around how we talk about WeDo to brands, especially mm-hmm. with this new concept of, of WeDo being a platform. And then we have a narrative around how we talk to other creators and talk about why WeDo is a benefit for them and what they're trying to accomplish. And then we have another narrative that talks about, you know, obviously, what does WeDo for the fans? You know, why why is WeDo a place for fans to connect with um, with the content that they're interested in, so there's a significant, you know, wh- you know, kind of product marketing component to that as well, sales component, mm-hmm. um, and so we're thinking about how to build out those three main capabilities in order to create WeDo as a platform. And by the way, none of this is like, you know, um, you know we're not inventing reinventing the wheel. We're we're just taking advantage of kind of um, both uh these new modern production tools and then also i think there's um there's a lot of affinity from people that are looking for highly curated experiences and sure a lot of the content that we're talking about you could access on other platforms like Mm -hmm. youtube um but we you know we bring this together in a very curated and um, high touch environment obviously very focused on something that we're super passionate about and so you know that's part of the value proposition to all three customers
0: brilliant and um I think one of the things that you mentioned as well um, previously was how to manage the flow of the dollar and yes. um, do you want to talk a little bit more about this
1: yeah and it's something that I think um often gets overlooked right because You know, now that we're creating this platform concept and we're bringing on um, creators as this new customer, we need to start to think about, okay, how do we manage how the dollar flows, so to speak, right? Because we're going to have dollars coming in from fans who potentially sign up to be members, right? And so there's this like monthly membership flow of dollars. And then there's dollars coming in from our partners and our advertisers. And so we have to build out the capability to ensure that the dollar gets routed the right way, whether it's to we do the parent company or to the creators Mm -hmm. who um, are contributing to the platform. Um, And so that's really a significant area where we're focusing on as well. And again, the key is doing it in a way that is efficient and scales in a way that, you know, it, does, it doesn't become a burden. You want it to become something that actually powers the platform.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, platformization of businesses is uh, still a tough cookie to to crumble. Yes. Um, the, the cost implications are the factor that not a lot of companies are involving that much on the decision stage, um, but also making sure that you still continue to deliver value As a product to that new audience that you're um, planning to uh to serve and that your revenue is therefore also increasing with that new uh user base on board so that's something almost like a business case um separate business case that you need to to build for platformization of the business as well brilliant any final thoughts from your side on on the subject or anything else that you would like to add
1: yeah, I think the the another thing that we think about a lot because we think it's going to be critical to our success is to um, keep our focus really narrow hmm. and um, focus on execution because ultimately that is going to yield a you know a much better outcome than if we try to do everything right. And part of what we do is about is that you know, we don't want to be everything to everybody. We want to be one thing to a very specific group of people because mm-hmm. that's where we deliver the most value. And so maybe the trade-off is that, you know, we don't pitch being, you know, a hundred billion dollar company and that's totally okay. That's not what we do is about. And, mm-hmm. and I think if we tried to do that, we would lose the most valuable thing that our fans and the brands and the creators get out of, we do, which is that we're very credible about what we're talking about and we're very authentic. And, um, I think what, what that requires is a very significant amount of discipline. Um, mm-hmm. and also saying no to a lot of things There, you know, we're very fortunate in that we get a lot of, um, You know, a lot of people that are interested in working with us, and oftentimes we just have to say no, because we know that it's going to be a distraction no matter how shiny it is. And um, I think that that's, um, you know, something that's often talked about, but very difficult to do. Um, So that narrow focus with ruthless execution is one of our key mantras.
0: Definitely. I I think at the early stage, um, at least in my experience, um, founders and co-founders struggle with that. Um, especially for the first time, you kind of wanna you're stuck between the rapid prototyping and testing, and then hitting that, um, you know, the the some kind of a PMF, and then just sticking there, just like in that niche, being there.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: a lot of people are trying to kind of expand as soon, um, and things go out of the control quite uh, quite quickly. So that's a cautionary tale, perhaps as well, for for anybody starting starting the business these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nobody has ever said, Dylan, you know, whenever I've done one thing really well, it's rare that I've heard, wow, Dylan, you did a great job. You guys, you and the team really knocked it out of park on this great Mm -hmm. thing, but wow, could you do something else? Mm -hmm. Whereas I have definitely heard like, yeah, that was kind of okay. That was fine. You know? So I think like there's, there's a lot of benefit. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. just, you know, I think that's where we, uh, thrive the most is like being highly focused and, Mm -hmm. and, Really delivering as much yeah. value as
0: possible. Yeah. Brilliant. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dylan, for joining me today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking to you again.
1: Yes. Thanks so much.
0: Awesome.